Good morning, good evening. Wherever you are on this beautiful planet, I welcome you to this lovely, I guess, what is this? Tuesday, I, I've lost the date. Tuesday, that's right. It's Tuesday the 14th of March. And as this kind of coronavirus thing continues to progress, how have you been doing? I'm curious. How have you been? Can you touch your hand on your chest right now? Take a few breaths right now and get into your body and just check in to see how am I doing right now? And what I'm sharing with you right now is one of the key components of the three laws that I want to share with you. By the end of this training, you're going to understand exactly how to break that pattern of dissociation, which is so prevalent right now. It is completely like a real pandemic going on is the mental health pandemic of people dissociating, people out of their bodies, people numbing, people sedating. How are you doing? I'm curious. I'd love for you to just check in right now typing in the comment section don't be shy I want you to really um, I want you to really engage hey guy it's good to have you please pay attention this is a very important training for you checking in right now putting your hand on your chest and the other one on your belly and see if there's any points of stuckness where is it ingested can you see that can you feel that can you notice it can you notice any restrictions happening in your breath? How have you been? Have you taken a moment and asked that question to yourself? How have you been? 100% turned off alcohol for the future? Beautiful. Did you just make that choice this morning when you woke up after a binge drinking evening? Guy, I'm just joking. But it's like, that's it. I'm done for the future. That's it. Last night was my last night. And then what we have a tendency to do is make that commitment and then sure enough in the evening sometimes when we're stressed and we really don't want to get into our bodies we don't really want to deal with the feelings that are actually coming up we then choose to numb ourselves so alcohol consumption has gone like this sugar consumption has gone like this I noticed that in myself I started gaining weight especially when I came back from Thailand so I was like yeah I'm gonna be so I'm going to be aware. I'm not going to use the normal addictions that we normally use to numb and sedate myself. And the way that we do that is by consistently giving ourselves permission to go inside and just check in right now. Tell me how you're doing. Tell me how you're feeling. Beautiful. Clear like a bullet sense. Beautiful guy. That's good. It means you've had a bit of an awakening. Thank God that you did because you were likely unconscious of yourself before that, which is the, the, the gift of the awakening. Right now, the whole planet, we're all going through a massive awakening and we really have amazing opportunity for choice. Because if we focus now on the next six months, if we focus on the next year, who would I love to be? Who would I love to be on the other side of this? What what do I want my relationships to be like? How do I want to feel when I look in the mirror? These are really good, valuable questions to start asking to help you awaken from this natural state of dissociation that will happen, that will get triggered by this. How to, you know, people are struggling and it's not necessarily the COVID, pan COVID pandemic directly. The COVID pandemic isn't really the main issue. So I had a client who 
is a finance guy and he's been married one year it's his second marriage her second marriage as well and because of all of this stress and change they're spending more time together and now their relationship has become especially over the last few weeks patterns have been starting to emerge it's become a lot more volatile and immediately they got in toxic mess and when we got on a call he realized that he's been numbing himself from from his feelings. He started drinking a ton of alcohol. He started going back to his old ways of texting, old flames. Let me know if this resonates with you. These are our inborn mechanisms that make complete sense when we are dissociated from feeling and we're afraid of going into our bodies to feel. That's why I'm really encouraging you as you're listening to me to connect to your body, to connect to feeling. And if, you, if I'm really honest with you, if I'm feeling it right here, I have a little bit of congestion. It's kind of like a stuckness. There's a little low-grade background anxiety. And I know that that doesn't directly have to do specifically with COVID-19, but it has to do with various traumas that have accumulated in my body ever since I was a little boy in Iran during the revolution. There's this, you know, I, my dad keeps telling me a story. Now, I don't remember it here. I don't remember it cognitively because I don't have a memory of it. But clearly, it's showing up in my body. There were bombs that were happening. Like, there were celebrations in the streets. People were, you know, you know, machine guns in the street. And my dad remembers grabbing me and my twin brother and just getting on top of us and kind of hiding underneath a bed. You know what I mean? It's like, that's got to play some sort of a role in the nervous system of like a two-year-old of course it does of course it does do i remember it cognitively no but when i'm walking through the earth and i bump into little things like a covid scare numbers my body keeps the score and so in this gentleman's case this covid stuff has brought up a dynamic with his partner that is now he's starting to fall back into the same patterns here's like here i am again and as we're talking he realizes when we go into his body and his feelings what is it that he realizes he realizes that he's been dissociating from those feelings of neediness those feelings of unworthiness where did it come from the conflict of a little boy growing up with a mother who was divorced and put all of her emotional needs onto him as his responsibility or at least that's what he took on he took it on as a little boy it's what we call emotional incest there's a word for it and so it's when you know the the emotional needs of the parent then get dumped onto the child and the child is kind of like forced you know deep down loves his mother and wants to be there be the man of the house and step up and take care of her emotional needs after the divorce but the problem is is that he then is left feeling abandoned because he himself has abandoned himself and so he's now noticing this covid pandemic had pushed both of her and then here's what's happening on her side he gets upset and angry and he just makes a face is what I want you to know. let me know if you know what I'm talking about. He just makes a little face, and she fucking loses it. And he's talking to me. He's like, "What? I can't make an angry face." And I'm like, "Dude, your angry face brings up an abusive past. That basically means threat to her. And it's not that she's doing this on purpose. This is coming from the trauma that's stuck in her body, and it is not a cognitive process. It is not something that you can kind of work through with a therapist only. 
In fact, this is a part of dissociation and our dissociation prevents us from being able to heal that and I'm giving you three immutable laws that you require in order for you to break free from that dissociative state which you're numb which you don't know who you are you feel this hollowness inside you don't know what love really is because you don't feel it even for your own child one of our clients in the workshop I'm like don't you love your son she's like I don't know if I love my son I don't even know what love feels like and it's like wow that's the degree of dissociation from the self when we're not able to feel our feelings so at the beginning of this call what did I have you do I said how do you feel I'm going to get you to do it again and ask yourself this and get into the practice of this throughout this entire time there's never been more of an important time to actually ask yourself this question you can sit here and numb yourself on social media or you can digest and consume content that awakens you into your body that's my commitment to you because I'm teaching you what I needed the most. I was very intelligent doing John Demartini collapse work, lines and columns, trying to, during this anxious time, trying to think my way out of problems that are bailing. And so I'm about to do a post in the Demartini group just kind of warning everyone, be careful not to do the cognitive work so as to distract you from actually feeling. The cognitive work is amazing and it's important and it's useful only when you've learned how to emotionally regulate the alarm that's in your body because if you don't and you do the cognitive work you're dealing with the leaves but you're not dealing with the roots so the method that I've kind of developed after being John Demartini student and Byron Katie school of the work Joe Dispenza like these guys are my fucking heroes you know I've spent tens of thousands of dollars in trainings with these people hundreds in fact if you count like travel and hotel and I've really invested and put all in in their work and only to realize that you can easily change a story from the past no problem I become a wizard at that but what about in the moment when I'm triggered what about in the moment where I'm brushed up against something like an argument with a partner that completely causes me to dissociate from myself three-quarters of my brain in that moment aren't working three-quarters like my cognitive mind is offline so sitting down and doing lines and columns doesn't actually solve the problem I've tried it the only way is to just get in and say hey how am I feeling I'd like love for you to write down in the right now ah <sighs> guy I just read that how I feel completely new 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 Yep, yep. yep. Um, you've been a key. Oh, namaste, brother. Me, I'm teaching you what I needed the most. Bar none, I was like, I got to figure this out. I was in such a dissociated dark place where I was like sitting here, as I'm telling you, trying to do the work, the cognitive work, even the methodologies that I've kind of developed. I was like, let me use it on this. I can solve this after a really bad breakup and I couldn't do it I felt hollow I felt just like I felt this weight it's like this heaviness feeling where you feel like you are disconnected from your soul you feel like you know like how like I don't know what love is I don't even know if I've ever loved or truly have felt love 
I, I, I forget. I forget what my power is. I forget that I'm even useful. I'm a waste of space because I feel hollow inside. I feel like I'm a no, I'm no contribution to anyone. And I just felt broken. And I tried to solve it with my, with my mind and it didn't work until I met Dr. Russell Kennedy who really helped teach me how to put aside all of that cognitive stuff and understand that this alarm, that this dissociation is just a response to anxiety. And anxiety simply is a state of alarm that's in the body that we then go up into the mind and it feels so horrible that we start to make up a story to justify the feeling that's happening in the body because because our minds want to make sense of this and so oh this is here because of covid this is here because of you know i lose me losing my job this is here because my partner just is ignoring me that's really not what it's about what this is about is something deeper and so with my client earlier when he was realizing this he just texted me he's like fml i'm this is the exact same he was texting he goes i just wish you would stop ignoring me i'm like he was the codependent she's the narcissist in that dynamic he's like i just we got into an argument i just i just want her to stop ignoring me lo and behold i'm like i'm like Basically, you're 13 years old wanting your mommy back. And he was like, fuck my life. This is the exact, I married my mother for a second time. This is his second marriage. So he's like, okay, I'm ready to heal this. And to heal it, a wave of relationship breakdowns happening at the hands of this COVID pandemic. And it's bringing the truth to light. That's all this is. This is a big truth it's like it's it's shaking everything that's bullshit away and exposing the truth and it's uncomfortable the truth hurts it us it's painful the truth will set you free but first it will burn a hole in your soul and so when he realized that he's like okay i'm ready for this climb because if i don't fully work towards truly filling that hole myself with self-love I'm kind of embarrassed to be using this because self-love has been somatic self-love, body-based self-love. Not, I love myself and I'm going to do pedicures and, and bath and, and, and self-care like Sundays. No, that's not what I'm talking about, self-love. Self-love is a deep understanding. It comes from a deep understanding of yourself in those old traumas from childhood, a deep level of understanding. A return back from self-abandonment. A return back to yourself from self-judgment. Not just once, but again and again and again to make it a practice and a way of life that you slowly, you start by not knowing what you don't know. You're unconsciously incompetent. Then you go up to, holy shit, this is what our clients realize. Holy shit, I suck at treating me amazing. I am so fucking hard on myself. I just realized that. At first, you don't realize that. That's unconscious incompetence. You go up to conscious competence right when you start jumping into the work and you go, it is mind-boggling to the degree of how much I live in shame, how much I live in guilt, how much I live in unworthiness, how to the degree that I beat the living fuck out of myself is mind-blowing.
this is what most of our clients like they turn the light on and it's like holy shit I have been kicking the crap and bullying myself ever since I was a kid ever since that thing happened I've been contributing to the bullying externally in fact <gasps> the people are in my life this is the big mind fuck here this is when they f the, the the big realization part of your healing is the big realization that the the way that everybody's been treating you if it hasn't been very respectful is an exact match for how you've been treating you and others even if you think oh i've been so nice to others it's sometimes often an inauthentic nice for the purpose of inauthentically getting approval it's not a deep you know what i mean like let me give you an example i'm doing these free trainings every single day almost every day i've done a free training if i'm doing it just to be nice and get your approval of me of course i want to give you value this is basically what we do you can't really you know you can't really help people and and you can't really you can't really expect to have people in your life unless that unless that you come from a genuine place of giving value okay so that it, it does come from that but i'm very clear on what i'm getting in return like this is very very meaningful to me okay this is very meaningful to me i'm I'm doing this for you and it's just as much for myself. So I'm not abandoning myself by showing up every day. Like being here and answering your questions and giving you this content causes me to examine my life consistently and causes me to observe my triggers consistently, causes me to take responsibility. It's a, it's, it's a responsibility that I take on that's for my own good as it is for you because I'm teaching you everything that I need to learn myself. So it's just as altruistic as it is narcissistic because I'm also exposing more people to, their, to the work. I'm exposing more people to taking responsibility. I'm exposing more people to help spread health virally by people who are ready to self-regulate. The most important skill to learn is taking that dissociation that we normally want to do and bringing it back to self-regulation. I'm going to give you the three laws. I'm really grateful that you're staying with me. I'm giving you the, the background behind it, but there's three laws you must definitely 100% learn. Okay? So to break the pattern of dissociating uh, unconsciousness and, and, and depersonalization. So what what I got this this gentleman to do is what I'm getting him to do right away is getting into his body and you're used and you're unconsciously incompetent of it then you start realizing you're like oh wow I now know what I don't know I'm consciously incompetent as you practice what I'm sharing with you and you stay in the conversation and you come to the trainings our clients we do the group calls and we practice this you start getting consciously competent something will trigger you you'll go through a, an alarm that triggers you back in and you'll be able to self navigate yourself into connecting with that younger part of you this trigger is bringing up and being able to reparent and self resource and then come back and be responsible responsive rather than reactive right away immediately I started to see that space after doing this work and becoming consciously competent 
and it's a work in progress so I, I'm better now than I was six months ago it's like golf this is a skill I'm better now than I was six months ago way better now than I was a year ago and I'm gonna be even better now better in three years than I am now because it's a practice it's it's an awareness but what will happen is as you start to take this on this dissociation tendency that you have you'll be able to narrow the space between stimulus and response. You'll narrow that space. Stimulus happens that causes you to lose your shit or to check out. You'll be able to catch it. You're like, ah, I'm checking out. I see it. And then you'll have step-by-step -step action plan to bring you back into your truth, to bring you back into your body, to bring you into your feelings, to bring you into your tears. Tears are necessary. Tears are neuroscience's mystery of self-regulation. Tears are what little children do. Hey, thank you. Tears are what little children um, are really good at. And if you're a parent, you've watched your kids use tears where they feel horrible and they meet something that they cannot change. They stomp their feet and then they start to cry and if you are an attuned parent and you're able to hold space for them and not make them wrong for crying but allow them to express it and just hold space loving space the emotions move through their body they start to relax and then they're like you want a hug yeah and then they're playing like five minutes later they don't and a three-year-old will go from extreme elation to met, like complete depression in a matter of six minutes and then back and forth right they don't judge themselves for it it's only us that say you know don't cry you know don't scream that's not right don't be angry don't be angry at mom right we even have it in songs you better not shout you better not pout you better not cry I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town and Santa Claus has conditional love towards you that if only if you're happy Santa you're worthy of love according to Santa does that make sense it's deep it's deep in your body you would rather dissociate than to actually express an emotion that would lead to having a withdrawal of approval does that make sense so it's very real so this gentleman is dissociating and going into pornography going into texting his his ex exes going into alcohol he's like I just realized I have an alcohol problem he admitted it to me I'm like dude you're not alone it's now becoming a pandemic right now because you don't know how to deal with and regulate your emotions because your parents never taught you because they didn't learn themselves and the lack of ability to regulate your emotions is the number one constraint in your entire life it's the number one constraint in every relationship that you've had it's the number one constraint in work relationships it's the number one constraint of you stepping up to a new level because there's fear involved you know for me to just step up to a, 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 a you know um, an audience of, of a thousand I can do that I've spoken to an audience of a thousand but let's say tomorrow they say Nima we need you to speak to an audience of 10,000 oh and by the way you have to go up there as a backup because the real speakers flight was canceled and so can you take over and it's like 
oh, great. Yes, I'd love to. And then, holy fuck, I'm now stepping into a new domain with an audience that's maybe not really seeing me. So those feelings of unworthiness will be real. Do I know how to regulate myself through that and step up and serve the shit out of those 10,000 people knowing, boom, I got this. Stepping up going, listen, sorry to disappoint you. Maybe you were expecting a white man. But I'm here, and we might as well make the best use of our time. Are you ready to go? Boom. See, that takes an ability to emotionally regulate myself through those fears of uncertainty, through those imposter syndrome voices that keep coming up. Does that make sense? Your inability to emotionally regulate is the greatest constraint in your entire life. I know that not personal to you. It's all of us because that was the same with me. And two years ago when I realized this, I was like, holy crap, I got to change this because I want to secure a healthy attached relationship. I'm 44 years old. I'm middle age. All of my friends have now married and have kids. And I'm still prancing around like a teenage boy trying to get approval. And when am I going to grow up? And I realized that the number one trait of your maturity to go from, if you're a, maybe you're a prince, you want to be a king, or maybe you're a little princess and you want to be the queen, you can't be the king or the queen unless you have emotional regulation. You have that as a skill. It's a skill worthy of you mastering. So I took the time to learn how to do that. And the space is now expanded between stimulus and response. And I believe that's why all the quality of my relationships are the greatest they've ever been. Not because we don't get on each other's nerves or we don't trigger one another, but because when the conflict happens, I have the ability to self-regulate and I'm in a, involved in a community of people who are all involved in the same conversation. So we all, instead of playing victim to one another, we all first take responsibility for ourselves. My friend Russ and I, we've had in the two years that we've known each other, maybe five to seven encounters that had him sending me an email calling me out for something. And the old unregulated version of me would have ego coming back and defending myself. And... Now I'm able to take the feedback and go, whoa, and own it and go, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. That's coming from a healthy place and it hurts to hear, ah, but I'm grateful. And he can also message me a day after the, the email and say, you know what? I realize a lot of those uh, accusations I made of you came from my own wounding personally. It's like, holy crap, talk about what a conscious relationship feels like. And this is with men. All of my relationships with men are like this. We're not afraid to actually express what we're feeling. You know, and there, that's very, there's a lot of freedom in that. And it's not something that I ever had before. So emotional regulation, at first, you don't know what you don't know. Then you know what you don't know. That's conscious incompetence. But as you practice, after about three, what, our, what we notice with our clients, after about three to six months, you develop this conscious competence where you're like, okay, I just got triggered, I'm fucking pissed, I want to lash out and rah, and I know exactly what to do. And then they check back in and we're like, how are you? We're like, I've totally cleared it. We restored integrity, I got into this argument with my daughter, we had it out, and then I did some of that work that you taught us, then we went, I went back downstairs and we had the most honest conversation we've ever had. Win. 
That's called conscious competence. And she was like, and I did it without anyone's help. We're like, yes. That takes you about three to six months in my observation. For me, it took around that. Now, the next level is unconscious competence. It's like you're riding a bike. If you get on a bike right now, you have no problems pedaling and riding because you're unconsciously competent. It's already part of your nervous system. It's already you flow. It's part of your flow. Now that takes about a year. It takes about a year to practice that awareness to get you there. From dissociation and trigger, leaving my body, going numb, depersonalizing, to consciously, excuse me, unconsciously, competently being able to self-regulate and co-regulate. There's three laws you must learn in order to make that happen. The first one is, okay, mastering self-regulation. You must learn how to get into body and breath and get into sensation without explanation. Okay, that's the first thing. In other words, your tendency to leave your body, you must learn to self-regulate that. That's the first step. The second step is, in order to get to that level of um, to breaking that pattern of consistently dissociating, because you don't know that you don't know, that first one is, excuse me, self-observation. You got to start to observe through journaling, through awareness, to be able to go, ah, I'm dissociating right now. Ah, I'm totally dissociating right now. I'm, ch I'm, I'm, I'm disconnected from my emotions right now. You got to be able to own that. You got to be able to say that. Okay, self-observation. Excuse me, number one, not self-regulation. Self-observation. The first law to help you from dissociating and be able to restore intimacy, to heal relationships, you must master the art of self-observation. To be able to stop and go, how am I feeling right now? If you just jumped on, welcome. I went through a little exercise when I was like, okay, how are you feeling right now with all of this coronavirus thing happening? self assessment, self-observation, self-observation, ooh, wow, I'm just making up a lot of stories about you right now. Oh, the story that I'm, this is what Brene Brown shares, and we, we do this with, the, with our work as well. The story that I'm making right now is that you don't really care about me and you're rushed in this conversation. I'm like, ah, okay, cool. What I'm doing, I'm not accusing you, I'm self-observing, and I'm sharing, not with any other intention except to self-observe and to share to be vulnerable and authentic. That's what intimacy is about. It's not about just happy, happy, happy times like this. It's about, whew, when you said that, the story I made up was that you don't really care about me. And that's basically, I, I, I know that that's not what your intention was, but that's basically what, what came up for me. Self-observation. Number two, the way to... You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger-proof doesn't mean trigger-less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound and if you're 
curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. To break free from this pattern of dissociation and get back into your body and heal that, number two is you require a mentor or a guide. Why? I can't see my blind spots. I don't know what I don't know. My ego has cunning ways and very uh, complicated ways of me trying to avoid and duck and duck from feeling my feelings. Very, very cunning ways. They use so many excuses and fears. Oh, now's not the right time. Uh, I'll just, I'll just read some podcasts. Mm, here's another one. I'll just go to my counselor. This is a good one, Daniela. I'll just go to my counselor right now. I go once a week. I do the work. I go to a counselor. I'm like, does your counselor call you out when you're dissociating or you're avoiding? No, my counselor's really like more like a friend. I'm like, I know. They're they're bound by certain regulations from from their board. And if they piss you off, they say something, call you out, piss you off, and then you go write a letter, then they, they got they got to deal with their own misery and they're not ready for that. So they'd rather err on the side of, you know, no, I'm not saying all of them, by the way. There's a lot that are waking up and wanting to break free from that you know the holistic psychologist for example she's like this doesn't work I'm I'm leaving my practice guidelines because the way that I really want to practice is not what you know conducive to what the board says I want to tell I want to share the truth you know this kind of embodiment work it's not all up here so when you're working with somebody who's mentoring and guiding you you're giving them the permission to say hey hey get back in your body you're dissociating right and we see it all the time I'm watching somebody on zoom and and I go okay so go into that feeling and then because you're so used to checking out dissociation is so common especially when your nervous system is dysregulated you must have a guide that is trauma informed that is able to look and see you and when you dissociate to bring you back one of the one of the most amazing examples of this was with Melinda at the Overview Experience in Sydney, and she gives me permission to share this. I was doing the overview on her. She had a scene when she was 14. It was a trauma where they all laughed at her at school, and her, the teacher kind of called her out, and so she was totally in a traumatized state in that morning, in, in that day, and she's carried that with her. And so I had her go into her body, going into her feelings, and then I said, okay, so what are you feeling? And then she'd be like this. And I'm like, Melinda, I'm, I'm kind of like, and we had a people around watching. I'm like tapping her leg. I'm getting her in her body. I'm like slapping her leg. I'm like, are you here? And she was like checking out. And I'm like, okay, fuck, this is not working. She's in complete dissociation. Come on over here. I had her go back. This is some of the benefits of doing the live event. 
because then I'm working with you and you can't I can't you can't bullshit through because I can see right through you so we bring you I bring her to the chiropractic table I do an adjustment on her and immediately her nervous system goes from dorsal vagal shutdown back to ventral vagal up the ladder and she's now her 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 conscious brain started coming online again so then I sat her down again and I got her back into her body and she was able to feel and then connect with her inner child where she couldn't before because she was so dissociated. So it's it, the moral of that story is it's really wise for you to have a guide to help you with the dissociation to, to, that you entrust to call you forward, to call you out, say, hey, get back in your body because this will be a practice. Like I said, six months to a year of consistent practicing these neural exercises they're just neural exercises they're like you know squats for your soul <laughs> i love that can somebody write that one down these are neural exercises these are squats for your soul trauma tenfold okay guy this is a beautiful opportunity for you check this out so as you do that over time you have a mentor to guide you to call you out now you've entrusted them to get you back into your body and you'll be able to recognize it and you'll get there a lot faster because you don't know what you don't know and you don't know that you're hiding you need somebody like and this happens any client we work with if, like without a doubt 100 percent of the time on the climb whether we're working with them three months since one year on that climb, check out and dissociate probably about a hundred times but the thing is is that at that moment I'm able to go especially of the VIP clients I work with I'm like check in earth to you know Edward earth to Eddie dude it's been three days you haven't checked in where are you are you dissociating and then they're like oh fuck I totally am I've been avoiding my feelings I don't want to go to that old memory I can see myself running away I'm like dude I get it I totally get it and this is our Voxer communication it's like you're having a guide walk you up who can understand and hold space for you okay that's the second part so practice the art of self-observation without a doubt ego observation journaling that's foundational a lot of you are already doing that great Com great so how do you master the second law is to have a guide to be able to pull you up when you want to dissociate and the third one is community the three laws self-observation a mentor guide and a community of people why is that important because when we're all together in a meeting zoom call or even you know on one of the live trainings you will share your experience or I will be working with you and someone else who has the exact same problem as you is watching and as I'm working with you that person has a mystical healing experience It's like oh my god I deal with the same thing I see myself in that and now you've gone from unconscious to conscious of yourself you now have leveled up in your conscious awareness and this dissociation game healing from that takes hyper vigilant awareness not in an anxious way but in a committed way and so that is how intergenerational trauma is broken that is how you stop the cycle the three immutable laws of healing dissociation you must have self-observation you must have a guide to help you and you must have a community who can see you 
even though your ego is, is I'm a private person I'm a private person in other words if you're a private person it means you have you're holding on to shame you're holding on to guilt you're holding on to anxiety that you're just pawning off by the way I can say that because as your guide that's bullshit I'm just a private person that's what most people who can't handle and regulate their emotions will say when you can you're not as concerned with what other people think of you and that's the hallmark of the work so you must practice getting vulnerable you must practice getting vulnerable in order to heal it so the very thing that's stopping you is the very thing that that stops you is the very reason why you must I'm a private person well you must commit to the work well I I, I you know I I'm you know my kids are a priority right now I can't do the work because my kids are oh that's another excuse your kids need you to be as connected as possible the greatest gift you can give your kid is a self-loving and self-regulated parent because from that standpoint you can contribute to their emotional regulation you can't expect to have them shit together if you have no clue how to emotionally regulate emotional regulation is the new black it is the most important skill to learn if you want to change your story from those old kind of dynamics you have in your relationships and unworthiness that and anxiety that you're holding on to to a place where you feel connected to yourself <sighs> connected to your body <sighs> able to breathe easy and not feel this restriction able to sleep through the night able to speak your truth able to feel a sense of love able to be better at loving, able to have intimacy, able to heal your relationships, able to feel a connection to a cause and a purpose beyond just your fucking daily survival. That's what's possible for you. My question to you is what's more important than that? What's more important than all this? Yeah. Yeah. So I really are there any questions hopefully you got some value out of that this training is here to awaken you to go into your heart and to just connect from that dissociated state and say how am I feeling right now I feel scared I feel grief of the loss of my old life I'm getting married on Saturday I feel excited I feel anxious I feel grateful that my parents are gonna come they're gonna social distance but my mom's cooking so cute she just wants to help and we're having a zoom wedding with just a small family which reminds me after this I gotta send some email invites I've just been super busy helping other clients and I wanna leave you with this story I wanna leave you with this story um, a good friend of mine um, had his father commit suicide when he was 26 so when, at the age of when he was 12 his father was hospitalized for uh, schizophrenia um, and uh, he just wasn't well and since the age of 12 onward he his father was there and wasn't he had his marbles and then the rug was pulled out from under him he would consistently feel a father and a connection with a father and then dad would lose his shit and and vaporize the words that he would use dad would vaporize and at the age of 26 finally his father committed suicide finally because of his struggles with mental illness he finally committed suicide and imagine this 26 year old young man feeling the guilt of 
and the grief of dad's passing, yet at the same time the relief that, oh, you've all experienced that when someone dies is like, okay, they're not suffering anymore and we don't have to hear more bad news. There's a relief of not having to experience that. So plus a little bit of guilt for actually feeling that. Let me know if you know what I'm talking about. So, so without external help, all you need is self-observation. Yes, guy, and you can't see your blind spots. So you can self-observe, but you can't self-observe your blind spots. That's why you need a guide to watch you. That's why you need someone you trust to call you forward. Okay? So in this case, 26 years old, he's having all of these emotions, but because of that guilt, he pushes away his, his grief and goes hardcore into becoming a super successful doctor and a physician helping people with, with mental issues, anxiety stuff, and did, struggled with his own anxiety because of those old traumas. Becomes one of the leading um, experts in the world in anxiety. And just so happens, sorry, I'm just munching on grapes. I'm noticing how hungry I am as I'm talking to you. Um, so what happened was a couple of days ago, he's taking his dog for a walk. And he takes his dog off the leash, and there, around Victoria, there's a lot of deer. The dog sees it chasing the deer to play. The deer, terrified, bolts. And as he's bolting, slams up against a wall, a fence, and breaks his neck and dies. This happened a couple of days ago. Ever since that moment, my friend has been dissociated, detached from his body, kind of uh, in this feeling. And when you're dissociated, you know, your dorsal vagal shutdown, there's really no expression on your face. The tone of your voice is very monotonous. You can hear it in someone, in your loved ones, in your children. You look at their face and you can see when they are in dorsal vagal shutdown. I certainly can tell when I'm looking at my partner, I walk in the room and I see her eyes, I see her face. I can tell when she's in dorsal vagal shutdown. You can hear it in the voice. They lose their melodiousness. Okay, this is all a function of the nervous system. And he's been in dorsal vagal. So I asked him, I said, what, what are you feeling right now? He felt some guilt. Okay, can you feel that? And he's given himself permission. And I said, can you go back to when you first felt this? And he was like, oh, yeah guess this is my dad's stuff and we kind of picked it around picked it apart and what's happened is he's realizing that his 26 year old self never really allowed himself to grieve and he's having a whale of a time trying to get into his body to feel it this is why self-observation isn't the only thing because he could not by his set by himself convince himself to go into those emotions it's too terrifying for him. And what's happening is later on I'm going to you know I'm going to have the opportunity to help and to help him go in and guide him to go in and really surrender and let himself feel the feelings. This is the key component to breaking free from dissociation is the allowance of yourself give the self permission to go in and join your younger self in the grief. The biggest obstacle is the ego's fear of going there. So we'll do everything to distract because the ego thinks that if I go and allow myself to go there, I am not going to get out of it. I'm too terrified. So 
If you don't, you're going to consistently dissociate. You're going to consistently try to numb. And the only way is to go back towards that pain. And it's not really about feeling better either. It's about getting better at feeling the grief. That, it's kind of like the exact opposite of most personal development. We try to run away from the feelings. Whereas what I've in integrated with the overview method is to have freedom from it, we must allow uh, and, and, and allow ourselves to the permission to go there. And often we can't do it alone. In fact, it's not recommended that you do. You must be guided there safely in a safe manner to feel that and to be seen there and to join yourself there. And when you do, tears start to flow, your nervous system starts to regulate, and you experience the feeling of getting back into your body. If you don't believe me, a beautiful movie for you to watch is called Inside Out. It's a Pixar movie, I believe. And the story is beautiful because she wasn't able, the little girl wasn't able to get through her depression until she was willing to feel her sadness. And this is the key magical ingredient to overcoming this dissociation, this chronic dissociation. It's only, this coronavirus is only exposing the fact that we are chronically ourselves from our feelings. So I'm inviting you to um, go down the rabbit hole with me in these trainings. Um, if you've been paying attention and you really want to help a child who's been dissociating, I have a workshop coming up tomorrow and we're pretty much full of like it's for my clients and we are full uh, with almost full we have a, a couple of spaces left I don't want to lie to you and say we're full we have a couple of spaces left for people who are looking to help their dissociated and anxious children by learning how to navigate their own dissociations their own anxieties to actually lead by example instead of pawning the children off to a therapist because it's too painful for them to go inside, these moms and dads are really committed to changing that story. It's tomorrow night. I'm going to actually leave the link here so that you can jump in, but it's a three-hour training. Guys, this one, it's a three-hour training that's dedicated to teaching you the tools of self-regulation so that you can start practicing self-observation and returning back to you when you, everything about what's going on wants to consistently push you outside of yourself again and again and again daily. So I really look forward to sharing that with you. All the best and I'll see you later tonight for another Q&A training. Let me know if you have any questions. I love your questions. You're DM, DMing me. Um, I really look forward to sharing these trainings with you. And I'm really stoked. As the day gets closer to my wedding, I get more excited, more anxious, more not afraid, but willing to walk in and embrace whatever comes. And I, I know it's going to be magical. So I'm grateful that you're along the ride with Diana and I as we navigate the unknown together. See you at the next perfect